0: Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter and I am here with my two co-hosts, the lovely Brittany March. How are you, Brittany? I'm doing good, Pipe. How are you? What's up, Deja? Hey, peace you guys. So so what's going on, y'all? What's been going on for the last week with you guys?
1: Same old, same old, same old, old, boring, nothingness, day in and day out, sleep schedule all jacked up. (laughs) What about you, Brittany?
2: You You too, Brittany? Uh, Yeah, the same, just the same thing, just working, um, working out, just laying back, that's about it just relaxing yeah just relaxing working on stuff relaxing what have you been up to
0: y'all know me i'm busy (laughs) um still doing a mutual aid um stuff and also um we're gonna be doing a webinar i've been um supporting um the general baker institute named after okay. legendary uh general baker and the webinars didn't were- we have
2: his peers didn't we have yes. his peers on the show
0: yes they were so fun that was when we talked about the league of revolutionary black workers which yes. um gen- the um, legendary general baker helped found uh my uncle is uh ibn pitts also one of the founders um and we we had them on there telling us the history so go back and check that show uh Piper Carter podcast League of Lev- of Revolutionary Black Workers that was a really fun one
2: right yeah they were hilarious they they were like these like old black men who like uh started their own like group inside the union but they were like republicans kind of sort of like they were mm-hmm. like really I don't want to label them republican but they were super conservative but they were super dope at the same time. It just was real funny. Like, well, the yes, they weren't
0: the thing is they weren't Republican and they weren't conservative. They were actually radical. And they were actually um anti-capitalist and um and they, you know, uh helped organize the workers within the plant. And they created their own media and propaganda and they helped um, to make sure that folks, you know, uh, got, you know, access to the, to the things that, um, that they were supposed to. And they concentrated mostly on black folks, you know, because Detroit, uh, is a black city, but, um, yeah, we got a chance to talk to them and learn their history. It was really, really, you know, fruitful and inspiring, but, um, so, General Baker, God rest his soul, his daughter actually um, created and runs the General Baker Institute. And so uh, I've been awesome. uh, volunteering with them ever since this happened a little bit. And so they're going to do a webinar for May Day. Um, if folks don't know what May Day is, look it up. But in brief, it's um, the solidarity of workers all over the world. And so we're going to uplift essential workers. Um, and we're going to uplift the essential workers all over the world. And so I'm, I'm connecting them with some of the folks that we're connected to internationally um, in Chile, as well as Honduras. And so, uh, but we'll have workers from everywhere Detroit everywhere. Um, so that's gonna be cool. That's gonna be on May the 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern. So I hope folks check that out. But um yeah, yeah just working on really that cool. and then sending out um actually I'm a part of another podcast for Frontline Detroit, and I did a little bit of intros and stuff with them, but uh Tawana Petty, Bryce Detroit, um Daryl Jordan from EMiac, um uh, Mama Annette, um, Dr. Gloria House, all of them were on Jeezy uh, God, Paul Jackson, all of them were on this podcast. It's called Water Rights, R I T E S. It's on SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, so check it out. Water Rights this is for Frontline Detroit, the coalition that we have, the Environmental and Climate That's Justice cool. uh, coalition we have. So, yeah. So, yeah, but you guys so have been. Getting good, check that out. You guys have been getting good rest, though.
1: When I can, yeah, I try. How about you, Brittany?
2: Yeah, rest rest has been rest has been really good. I go to bed pretty early huh, and wake up pretty early, but <clears throat> yeah, definitely been getting rest.
0: Okay. Good.
1: What about you, Piper?
0: You know what? I get a lot of rest. Um, today I went outside. It was sunny, thank goodness, and I got some fresh air in the backyard um you know it, it I haven't left my house in like nine weeks, and um you know, like people go to the grocery store for me, and I have stuff shipped here, and so it's just interesting. I'm like everyone's talking about they want to hurry up and get back to normal, and I'm thinking like. I'm like, I'm going to be in this house at least another month. (laughs) Minimum. Minimum. I'm like, wow. Because now, because remember before they said it was six feet. Now they say it's like 27 feet, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, they don't know anything. Then I saw if you make your own mask, (laughs) um, you have to put a filter between like the cloth and your face like a vacuum filter i'm like well shoot i might as well just try to find me one of them n95 masks but then i heard that they're all sold out so whenever i get one of these checks that's when i'm getting me a couple of them n95 masks um they say you're supposed to save for you know uh for workers or whatever medical Medical yeah right yeah I mean, I don't really intend to go out. I'm be honest with you. I really don't intend to go out for like a while. Um, you know, I feel like they don't have a vaccine. They probably won't have a vaccine till next year. Um, you know, that, like, I don't know if y'all saw, but so many people are still dying. Like New York City still has a thousand people dying per day. Per day, that's a lot of people, y'all. Yeah,
3: that's crazy. That
0: is, that's a lot of people. Um, and so many people in Detroit have just died. I'm like, wow. And every time I go on social media, everyone is just talking about. Every time I go on my social media, is death. I'm like, wow, it's so much death. Um, but. You know, I mean, within that, I shouldn't say but, I'll say and within that, there's lots of people who have lots of hope and lots of people like I was on my I was on, on a, a UNESCO board call today, which is like the United Nations has this like design arm and I'm on the Detroit board of it. But um, so long story short, we um talked about how to you know, continue with the things that we had done because like over the last few years, we had developed the sustainable design principles for the city of Detroit. And then now that this is in, we started talking about what does design look like? What does gathering look like? What do events look like? You know, like um, what types of redesign has to happen to spaces so that people can gather, you know, and like what are what's recommended and what are people doing, but none of this stuff has been tested either. Right. So, um, these are all ideas that, you know, designers have around how to like either build new spaces based on COVID or, you know, how to retrofit and redesign existing spaces based on COVID. Um, and so, yeah, all that, all that was like a conversation we had today, as well as what does it look like to meet and gather? Because, like, we, we are going to do design fest, right, which is in September, which is like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And so it's like that type of gathering is not going to be right. We don't want to do that in September. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or like. Mm-hmm. How, how do we even know when we could even get to an event like that? You know what I'm saying, like a South by Southwest or Essence Festival, or you know what I'm saying. Shoot, the techno yeah, is here, yeah. Actually, they said they're gonna move the techno fest to uh, September, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. You
2: know, Mopop. Oh, did MoPop? No, Mopop. Or did they cancel MoPop? I don't know if they canceled it or not, but isn't more pop like in July and August, July or August? I think
1: so. I feel like it's in July, but I'm not certain. But it's still too
2: soon. Wow. Yeah, but I, I definitely, I definitely wonder those same things. Like, what's what is the um the threshold for us being able to get back to certain, you know, certain certain normals? You know, inch by inch. Like when what what do you look at for you to be like, okay, yeah, this is this is okay to have gatherings more than fifty people. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going nowhere to next year. I d I don't plan on going anywhere <laughs> till next year. I'm be honest with you.
2: I'm gonna be honest with you back. I really am hoping that it does clear because the only thing that I'm praying we can do this year is the dang on retreat. I'm not no, gonna hold I'm you not
0: up. Doing the retreat this year, Brittany.
2: I'm not
0: gonna. Oh my do god, I'm so sorry. Well, I, I'm the only reason I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I'm not gonna do the retreat because I just don't think it's safe. Like, I really want to do the retreat, Like, I really want to go, I really want to be in the nature, I really want to be in the woods, but part of it too is that. Like it's not like it's my property, you know what I'm saying? So we, I, you know we don't it. <clears throat> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't own the spaces and so if let's say other people are using the spaces, other people are doing their retreats, other people you know what I'm saying, like I just wouldn't wanna be responsible like if somebody went up there and got sick. You know what I mean?
2: Hey, if it clears out by June, you got to have that retreat. <laughs> I mean, I hate <laughs> it.
0: But how would I even, you know, like, how would I even have the retreat? Like, we'd have to take a couple of medical experts with us to be taking people's temperatures.
3: Because
0: have you seen they, But did y'all see they reopened Texas and they reopened um, Georgia? And they interviewed some yeah. restaurant people and they had where they were sitting like every other seat and then they were taking people's temperature when they come up to get their food. Like the restaurant workers were taking temperatures. That's ridiculous. I was like, man, it was scary looking. And the poor, I shouldn't say the poor owner, but the poor owner was there and I just got the feeling that he was just so distraught. He was trying to smile through it, but you could tell he was completely fearful. And the, the the reporter asked him like, so how do you feel? And he was like, yeah, sure. Yes. It's great. I'm happy. I was like, man, he just, (laughs) (laughs) he just
2: looked.
0: Yeah. He looked distraught. And I was like, man, but you know what it is? People are desperate. And they're like, I gotta get back to work, especially restaurant workers. And so, whew, I'm cooking yeah, all my at home. Sorry, Britt.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. It's, it's it's all gonna work itself out. We've been through we've been through stuff before, but it'll take time for sure for all of it. So,
0: well, I don't know. About Have you know, it, it, a- it
2: does. This, I'm sorry? No, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the good thing about it is, is this type of stuff makes you see what industries are still needed no matter what. It gives you a, a sense of really studying the marketplace and in all industries. But the other thing I wanted to touch on before um, I lost the thought was you mentioning designers having to figure out how to create these spaces. And I think it's interesting because it's such a shift in what designers have been doing in the last, i say, 10 years when it comes to working on, um, you know, spaces where a lot of people occupy, you know, occupy at one time, like co-working spaces where people are sitting next to each other, you know, is really community driven. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're working next to someone that you don't know. You both own small businesses and it's okay. And that's how you network. And now all of that may, you know, have to go in a totally different direction. So it'll be, it's just going to be real interesting to see, you know, even my company is like an older company and my general manager is younger and he was, you know, wanting to redo and remodel our office and get rid of the cubicles and get everybody to stand up desk. excuse me. And, you know, now we have to rethink all that, you know, to it boils down to I think they're talking about uh, you know like us signing you know signing in to be able to come into the office and then when you come in, you know, no matter what you'll have to, you know, get your temperature checked. Um and then of course follow the 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 six feet and wear, you know, the cloth mask with the filter, you know, anytime we're in the office. So it's it's gonna take some time for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask, had um, y'all seen any of the <clears throat> any of the reopening news? Any of the news from anybody reopening? Or no? Mm-mm. No. Have you? To- I just on t- television. Um, I tell you this much: I saw Killer Mike Tope. Everybody, he's not opening up his barber shops, and uh, oh yeah. I saw that.
3: Little-
0: and I saw Jermaine Dupree said to tell people to, black people stay home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
2: So, but Jordan. Did you guys see that back and forth? With I'm who? Sorry. With who? With uh, JD and uh, Gilly the Kid and JD kind of addressing how the image of black people, especially in Atlanta, how they are. Oh, go ahead. Well, he, he, well, Gilly the Kid who is from Philadelphia, um, he's been a ghostwriter in the hip hop community for a while. Did a lot of ghostwriting for Lil Wayne, but um, he's like a, a internet sensation nowadays and does a podcast and so when he found out that they were open in Atlanta, he came on and and you know said, you know says said whatever, mostly just kind of saying that you know, don't be stupid. You know, it's interesting that they're aiming it at a city that's, you know, pr- predominantly black and don't be ignorant and y'all gonna be, you know, ready to go out there and be, you know, don't be a dummy. And so um, other people came out too and said things like that. And then JD um, kind of responded and said that, you know, he has no issue with Gilly. Um, his issue is primarily with the image that people have about Black people specifically from Atlanta being flashy and needing to get their hair and nails done and agree that, um, you know, Black people, it's possible, are being targeted through this. So we need to be more careful and move more careful. Um, So it just, it's interesting to see the celebrities that are like, kind of, speaking up more so than what they normally would especially a person like jd he doesn't really talk too much so i thought that that was interesting
0: yeah i mean he was in black enterprise um you know talking about you know just telling black people that to 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 stay home and don't fall for um the reopening to this the the you know mm. the soon reopening so i was like mm. I mean, I think it's good that he's using his platform, you know, for that. I do too. That's what. That's and
1: he's <laughs> not asking anyone for money like the rest of his peers. That shit is crazy to me. Okay, do you celebrities are trying to, you. to like. Well, I've just seen celebrities asking. Like, I wish I could name names, but I can't because it's happening with so many of them. Just them asking for donations from, like, regu- regular citizens, like, the three of us who are working class and don't make as much money as they do and don't have as much income as they do. And they want us to donate to other people in the same predicament as we are in. Like, hey, I hate you. it's just crazy to me. Like, no, you guys need to challenge each other to donate. Don't try to make us feel guilty and we're already scrambling and whatnot. Like, I'm sure everyone is doing the best to tip and and be of service to others where they can. But it's hard out here for everyone right now. And this is stressful for everyone, just not knowing what state the world is really in. So I don't think it's for celebrities to ask that of us right now.
0: Ask us that period, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, um it's interesting like people keep calling me and asking me like how to donate and this and that and don't get me wrong like i need money if anybody's listening to this podcast you know what i'm saying cash at piper carter studio <laughs> but um but i think you know at this point you know like you said deja the um everything is topsy-turvy and all up in the air and i think A lot of um, my efforts at this point, um, in addition to thinking about, you know, my future, my businesses and all that is these policies, because right now, like you said, um, Deja, people, everyone's stressed out financially. And so I think about it. People, you know, weren't able to pay their April bills. And now we're at May. Mm-hmm. And people don't have right. income and they're not going to be able to pay May and it's going to pile up and stuff's going to be getting cut off if it hasn't been already and people are going to start to get desperate. And then, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs, even though it's a lot of jobs hiring. Um, A lot of these essential worker jobs are hiring, you know, because... Mm. A lot of these essential jobs are unable to retain people because people are afraid to come to work or they're getting sick, you know, or unfortunately dying from working these jobs. Right. A lot of these essential jobs, like with the grocery stores and, and cleaning hospitals and all that, a lot of those jobs are hiring. Um, but with that, you know, a lot of people will be out of income and like you said, Deja, the streets are about to be, um, it's about to be hectic out here. Um it's and riots. It's about to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's about yeah. to be crazy. Um, my friend sent a, my, my comrade sent this thing about um, how to like prepare and protect yourself. And it's a lot of the things that you know, everyone's been reading, but I want to share it right quick. Um, number one, build your immune system, eat healthy, no drinking, no smoking, drink water. Two, eat fresh fruits and vegetables, cut out dairy products, drink water. Three, drink pure pineapple juice, apple, orange juice, not from concentrate. Drink teas, cinnamon and ginger, peppermint, green, elderberry, mullein leaf, sage, and other detox teas. Take a tablespoon a day of manuka honey. Drink water. Take one tablespoon of authentic pure sea moss by itself or in a drink. Take probiotics at night, vitamin C powder in drinks, black seed oil, elderberry syrup, um, it says all these are safe for children as well. Drink water. Um, then she says again, <laughs> all these things are great to remove toxins from the body. Drink water. Um, eat a bowl of navy <laughs> navy bean soup a day. Um, purify your home with purifiers. Change your air filters within your home and car. Place humidifiers at night next to the sleeping areas. Remove toxic home air fresheners and replace with essential oil, water, diffusers. Burn sage to remove toxins from the home and from self. Drink water. Wear N95 mask when outside and in a vehicle with someone. Um, If you don't have access to an N95 mask, wear a cloth mask, cut a square piece of vacuum bag, place it inside the mask for a filter and you'll have a filter between the cloth and your mouth. Drink water. Using a disinfectant wipe down all doorknobs, light switches, remotes, make sure you and people within your home shower as soon as they come from being outside for a long time. Sanitize surfaces and leave your shoes at the door. Spray a disinfectant in or sage the house. Um, COVID-19 is a virus with corona and SARS, which makes it highly contagious. Drink water if you're feeling chest pain, warm castor oil, rub on your back and front of your chest area. Drink water once a day <laughs> uh, to keep lungs clear. Breathe in a respiratory cleanse, boil orange peels, sea salt, cloves, sage garlic. refer to the internet for various recipes and place towel overhead and breathe in for ten to fifteen minutes. Use caution to ensure safety of boiling water. This process is also safe for children. Make sure they aren't close to hot steam and boiling water. And you can also use a crock pot. Um, Drink water. Stay at least 27 feet away when outside and shopping. Drink water. When you purchase anything from the store or deliveries, wipe down and with disinfectant items prior to coming into your home. Drink water. Make sure your home is a place of peace for yourself and or your family members of your home. Do not allow guests into your home for the safety of members of your home. Uh, Begin projects like canning food, start a garden, sewing masks, and at-home workout regimens. Drink water. Spring cleaning, clear out clutter, as many times it may hold allergens and mold. Drink water. If a family member or yourself is diagnosed with COVID, quarantine yourself from all family members and members of the home for 15 days. Do not uh, be near anyone, even if you're not showing any symptoms. Always wear a mask within the home. Do all of the above. Do not lay down until it's time for bed, no matter how lethargic you feel. Sleep on stomach so the mucus doesn't form in your chest. If your temperature is high and you feel like you can't breathe, call 911, go to the nearest hospital. If you're going to the hospital, make sure you have all essential items as your family will not be able to visit you. Also bring all holistic and prescribed medications. Bring your phone and charger. Be prepared to be away from your family for 14 days. For precautions, make sure you have A healthy, have a living, have what? Oh, a living will in place, as well as life insurance. Create a plan with family members if you have children. This is not to scare you, but for you to prepare for the worst. As many hospitals are having a shortage of items, make sure you are demanding for antibiotics and breathing machines and anything else you need. Um, Break away from watching the news 24-7 and social media. Take this time to get close to self and members of your home. Bring out the board games, have movie night, read books, prepare a vision board, play music, dance with members of your home. During this time, it's important to not fear and stress. Drink water. Do not post on social media what you have within your home and all of the supplies within your home. Many people are losing their jobs. We don't know what that will look like for the next year. Do not make yourself a target for someone to take what you have. Let's be mindful that everyone may not have or have access to everything you have. Get at least one hour of sunshine. The vitamins from the sunlight can also boost your immune system. And so during the pandemic, even though we are social distancing, and wearing masks, let's be kind to each other. If you have to tell your neighbors, good morning, good evening, you can do that. Help protect your neighborhood. Use an app called Nextdoor to get updates and to get to know your neighbors. Remember, don't post your address to strangers. This app uses your zip code, which shows a radius of where you live. You don't have to post your full name. Have video teleconference get-togethers with your family and friends that are outside of your home. Check on each other and check on your friends also. Drink water. So that's pretty much it. Um, but that's from that's from Unaj awesome. the Lone Wolf. She has um, the Hip Hop 4 Foundation. She's the one who when we did the um Hip Hop for Flint and Hip Hop for. The people, you know, uh to raise money for the uh survivors of the hurricane that went through Houston as well as Puerto Rico and the Caribbean. That's uh Yonash uh, that leads all that international work. So shouts out. Thanks to her for giving us those tips.
2: That was awesome. I love the drink water, Alib. I live, so. Yeah.
0: Drink lots of water, right? That's yeah. what people need water on. Well, um, Speaking of drinking water, <laughs> you like my
2: transition, Brittany? We gotta talk about <laughs> basketball. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only want to—I only really want to talk about it because it involves the Pistons by default. But um, uh, Deja mentioned it that um, the NBA and cities where they're opening back up are going to allow um, players to enter the practice facility. So we shall see how this. Uh, works out. Um it's just interesting because amongst COVID spreading, the NBA was like on spotlight. Do you guys remember because the one player in Utah was like the first player to have it? Yeah. You guys yeah. remember you might guys remember that. I just thought that 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 was it's unreal. He's sitting at the he's sitting at the podium um I guess waiting for his results and like jokingly like touches everything and then the next thing you know, like two or three other of his teammates have it. And then huh, I think uh players off the Brooklyn Nets had it. And so the NBA was actually the first like sports organization to shut down uh that had, you know, reported cases in the league. So they're gonna open back up, which means if it goes well for the NBA. Um, it'll be a good sign for what the MLB will do um then of course that that'll affect the NFL um
0: but wait, Brittany, when they say of, open up what what does that look like for them to open up? like you mean like games with like tens of thousands of people?
2: Well, the first step is them opening up the practice facilities. That's what you saw right Asia, Asia? yeah,
3: Hello? yeah,
2: so I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think they're going to open up just the practice facilities and I don't even think they're having like mandatory practices as of yet, but I do think that they're going to allow players to come in and, you know, work out. And then from there, I think they're going to structure, you know, practices. And then I think if that goes, well, they've, they've been talking about reopening the season with no fans, Um, but they haven't been to um vocal about what that will look like at least it's not on paper a whole plan is I haven't seen a whole plan on paper for that yet
1: yeah I can't imagine how they would do that it's like a contact sport and everyone has to touch the ball it's is full of germs and sweat I just don't see that happening
2: at basketball <laughs> for sure right like baseball is perfect social distancing right <laughs> like yeah, the, the closest well, players the closest players are like the um the guy in the back the catcher and then the the guy who's actually like I don't know you know hitting the ball but other than that everyone's pretty distance hockey you have protective gear you know soccer is pretty hands-on but for sure basketball right
1: yeah basketball is just too mm -mm, that's not a that's not a good idea at all like even wrestling them, <laughs> you know,
0: if they're gonna make them either have gloves or a mask, that's not <laughs> effective
1: though. you can't breathe with a mask and you can't <laughs> handle the ball with with gloves like and no. and with baseball, you probably face that too, like, uh-uh. this is not gonna work. I don't see how it would work at all. They
0: have to <laughs> quarantine them they would have to be quarantined the entire season, like it's just, just
1: gonna. No this, one wants to so, accept uh, the reality that that everything needs to be put on hold for now.
0: No like, one wants to accept that reality. I'm with you, Deja. I feel like everything needs to get put on hold. We need a new world.
1: Like letting the people, letting all the employees that figured that opening some gyms up, that was just a bandaid on the situation to put them back to work. Like nothing needs to be open
2: right now. I'm with you. Yeah, I agree. It's... It's uh it'll be interesting to see what happens and how it, it because them doing it, like I said, is gonna shift for sure and let people know what what's really gonna happen throughout the course of the year when it comes to sports. So if they fail big and like players get extremely sick and it's a fail, you know, if one player gets gets coronavirus because they've come back, then you can kiss all sports goodbye for the year for sure. Um but the other thing in the NBA world that I want to talk about, um a lot of people have found peace in Netflix and catching up on shows. Um they released the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, early. I haven't seen it, um, in its entirety the last I think it's a ten part doc docuseries and they released two episodes at a time. And so they've done four thus, they've aired four thus far. And it's getting a lot of uh It's getting a lot of, uh, I say, attention just because they're talking about how uh, some millennials and under don't know really much about Michael Jordan and his effect on basketball. So it's like eye opening for, you know, that age range so that they can see what basketball was like in, you know, the, the 80s and the 90s and then to see why people consider Michael Jordan the greatest basketball player of all time. And so one thing that I saw on YouTube is um, this last week, they did a lot of concentrating on the Detroit Pistons of the, I'd say the 87 to the 90 Pistons. Um, And it was based on how Jordan um, visualized them still to this day, which he said that he hated them. Uh, they were like the worst team he ever played against. They were super physical. Uh so it basically opened up Pandora's box on the Detroit Pistons and like everyone has been talking about how uh the Detroit mentality carried over into the court for the Pistons and uh, how aggressive they were. Um, but a lot of people, even people who weren't Detroiters, um, love the fact that the Pistons bought that type of um that type of play to the game of basketball and they a lot of people have even been saying if it wasn't for the Pistons Michael Jordan wouldn't be the player that he is today because he he provided they provided such a hurdle for him so i thought that's super dope even though um you know some people look at it negati- negatively how they played i think it's super dope that um people are getting a chance to see um the legacy of Detroit basketball because it is huge you know you talk about that age group um a lot of people don't understand that the Pistons, yeah, they won back to back, but they don't understand like how they won back to back the teams that they beat. You know, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Celtics with Larry Bird, they beat Michael Jordan when he was like, you know, damn near in his prime. Um and all of them are, I would say, from that from that era are huge, huge fans of Detroit and in their own way and um not from here give a lot back to the city. You know, Joe Dumars was a a general manager for a while. Rick Mahorn and Bill Lambeer did a lot of uh, local coaching with the shot. Um, Isaiah Thomas, even though he um, doesn't live here, worked in other markets, uh, is, you know, is is a Detroit legend. So for the last week to see Detroit be in the nation's, you know, thought process is pretty cool not to mention that in 2004 piper you always talk about those were your favorite pistons they're so parallel to each other so um it's cool to compare the old four pistons to the 89 i wasn't i was born in 89 so everything about that era
0: them bad boys the bad boys is actually my favorite team but um (laughs) the bad boys is my favorite team you know um but I also want to uh, shout out Chauncey Billups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, love, I love all the bad boys and Chauncey Billups. But Chauncey Billups' game, that's thats what I really love. He had one of the most beautiful games you could ever watch a, somebody play. But as far as like the team, I love the bad boys because like, they did win back to back. It made you feel proud. Like, And I always tell you this, Brittany. I moved to New York City and I had a... You know, be a fan of the Pistons. You know what I'm saying? I used to go over my friend's um, house, and we used to watch the games. And then I moved to Detroit in 2008, and that's when um, <laughs> that's when they got that that nap Allen Iverson, and um, oh yeah, he just ruined the whole team. And I was like, man, I finally move to Detroit, I can finally go to a basketball game. And we got Allen Iverson, and he just was playing so bad. Like, I didn't even want to watch basketball after that. It just ruined my team. Yeah, Allen,
2: Iverson was one of, Allen Iverson was one of my favorite players, but I did not want him on the Pistons. Like He you know, sucked on the Pistons. Like everything I, yeah, like the Detroit basketball, that era, the 04 era and the 89 era, what made them so good is, is because of the team, the team mentality. And they truly believed in the, um, the fundamentals of basketball when it came to not just it being around one player. So Allen Iverson, by default, is totally against the Detroit mentality. His style of play is, you know, more so solo, or as they would call it in basketball, isolation. You know, so he wasn't, he wasn't the fit. It's just interesting that both teams were so um, built in being, um, you know, collective. So, well, I Alan would Iverson argue,
0: like that. people always people always say that Jordan was a great player, but I would argue the same with Jordan. You know, you mean with who? With, I would argue the same about Jordan. You know, oh, yeah. he was very much a, a a singular figure, right? Like less about him yeah. and, and more about himself. And, and then, so that he was so exceptional that he was the team, whereas Allen Iverson. Sucks.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna be in trouble for Iverson fan. He, he, no, he didn't suck. He was just past his prime, and it wasn't the right system. Okay, but it's interesting. The, the last thing that I'll say about uh basketball, and, and we can move on, is is that that's exactly what the documentary, even though again I didn't watch it, it was highlighting um the, this last week is the fact that Jordan couldn't get past the Pistons, not just because they used to whoop his ass like on the court. But because he didn't understand the concept of being a being a team player, and it took for Phil Jackson to tell him like you're gonna have to trust your teammates if you want to win, and as soon as he allowed Phil Jackson to give him a different perspective of the game of basketball, is when he was able to beat the Pistons. So I think it's a great story, a great basketball story, and I'm not just being biased because it involves the Pistons. It's good. It's good history. It's Black history to be honest. So. Yeah. So this is on Netflix, yeah?
1: No, I think it was on ESPN, but I think it leaked. Yeah. I was actually looking for the link right now,
0: but I can't find it. Is it on like yeah, Jordan is, something is it on regular T I mean like you know like television or I think so. I think it's
2: online. on ESPN. On ESPN? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like Deja doing. you can find anything online, right Deja?
1: Yeah, I think but. they leaked all of the episodes already. I'm not sure. Man. No, they don't want to have... Right. <laughs> what can you do? You.
0: Man, all right. Well, yeah. got, uh, Did you guys
1: hear about Kim Jong-un now?
0: What, what is it now? Yeah.
1: He in a vegetative state. That was the last thing I heard. Today? That was today? Oh, yesterday?
0: Because I, I, I saw, like... Um, Last week, I saw a tweet from one of the people that I follow in the news, and they said, I think they're trying to kill uh, Kim Jong-un. To get his sister in?
1: Because that's what's going to happen.
0: I'm not sure if that's how their system works or if they have to have another... Yeah, I don't know how their system works.
2: I saw that someone within their government uh said that he's fine and well but who knows if that's the truth. I saw that today. That that was North Korea's response.
0: He's fine. Of course it was. It was. They're gonna give him get they're yep. gonna put his double. They're gonna put his double in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's
2: exactly what y'all, I was thinking.
1: Y'all funny. <laughs>
3: they want
2: to pull a Melania <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's nothing like the Melania double. That's hilarious. That was you mentioned
1: it wasn't even identical for real. Just blonde <laughs> hair, skinny.
0: Like what? Right. Wow. So, funny. so we have to. Okay, so we have to keep a watch on that story then.
1: Yeah, for it's
3: sure.
0: Going on. What does it say, Deja? I'm
3: skimming this one article. Um. Hmm. Does it
0: uh that and is from today that article
1: yeah, this one that I'm skimming through now is from foreign policy dot com They posted this eight hours ago mm-hmm. um the the head title says with Kim jong un mysteriously gone, China is likely to make a power move mm, so I'm trying to get to like the bread and butter of the article where they explain why he's gone, but Hmm. I don't know. China. We're gonna see his double. Let's
3: see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he gonna be, you know, saying he gonna be sounding opposite and people gonna be like, Wow, Kim Jong un is is turning a new leaf.
2: People people were making jokes saying that Dennis Robin was a was a informant.
0: That, uh, I saw terrible. that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what he say when he was going over there. Remember, he was going over there all the time. That's what they used to say.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's not it's not unlikely. I mean, <laughs> celebrities and all these other people they make great, you know, double agents. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, they they use them all the time as like double agents, and mules, and all that type of stuff. So it's not that far fetched. To think about it, yeah. So I don't know. Well, um, was there any more on the basketball, Brittany?
2: Oh, I, I was funny. You asked. I'm glad you asked. The only thing else I wanted to say is, is that um, I think Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. I'm not That's a Jordan, not Michael Jordan
0: fan. Car. That's not what you said in the car. You said LeBron.
3: Oh.
2: You said no. LeBron. I never said that. I never... You did because I said no. I have never hyper, I have never in my life, even in my phases, I have never in my life switched on that. Like I will never say LeBron oh, is better wait, than wait, than wait, Jordan. wait.
0: Maybe you say Kobe. Did you say Kobe?
2: Kobe is not better than Michael Jordan because his game is everything Michael Jordan like he purposely mimicked his game off Michael Jordan so I can't say my I can't say that Kobe Bryant is was is better than Jordan he's he could be number two or three shooting guards of all time but Michael Jordan is like the number one shooting guard of all time so me
0: and you wasn't in the car all about Jordan and you is all about Kobe rest in peace
2: no, nah. no. You definitely cool. gave me your perspective. You definitely gave me your perspective on Jordan. though you gave me a different perspective on Jordan, mm-hmm. um which kind of was in line with a lot of people. What a lot of people are saying, like, no matter what, no matter the debate on who you think the greatest player is, you have to say that Jordan has changed the game of sports. Like the reason why athletes have endorsements is because of Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. Um, he went through hell and high water to even be considered. M- For endorsements, or more than just a person dribbling a basketball, you know, Space Jam, Nike, Gatorade, his 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 him even dealing his own endorsement deals, you know, is the start of athletes having their own voice, you know. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not getting a huge fan of him off the court, but it's no denying that, that he's the greatest the greatest player I've ever seen play basketball. And it's just funny to get back to the Pistons that Bill Lambeer, um, they interviewed him, asking him what he thought that Jordan said about the Pistons, you know, like the only white guy on the team for the bad boys. And he he's telling them that LeBron James is the best player of all, like of all time. And I'm like, dude, of course you would say that you're biased. Like, so the fact that they're still like beef towards these teams and these old mm. men, is hilarious, mm. but no matter what, jordan is definitely number one and i'm just glad that people in my age group and younger are able to witness it because it give it gives you a whole different perspective of him so
0: good good i'm glad y'all see the light there <laughs> <laughs> you go all right um all right <laughs> did y'all want to go into like my topic or where should we go next
1: yeah let's talk about
0: it all right, so yes. I said I was gonna do some research about um like Bill Gates, and I hope no one starts looking for us <laughs> but uh but long story short, there's this article right and i'll put a I'll put a link to the article, but um it basically named um how Jeffrey Epstein had close ties you know like um financially and him and Bill Gates both have very deep financial ties to the intelligence community in general and they've been given a like well not Jeffrey Epstein anymore but they have been given um like millions of dollars in funding to Harvard and to um MIT's like black ops um genetic engineering they have this thing called a media lab projects and um and support and i'm going to say allegedly to the 2019 coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan um this is all named like in in the article right and so basically the uh, the overall objective of the wuhan um coronavirus wasn't simply um to 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 have a profitable uh, you know uh depopulation scheme but it was also to put some sort of value on um on the vaccine market and so they're basing this on evidence um that was given by, uh, John, John Hopkins university and it, it, the John Hopkins university's, uh, related investments in growing brain nerve cells to advance higher forms of human consciousness. Um, Uh and, um, is detailed in the, in this, you know, in this article as well. And it's subtitled, Drug therapy for depression or mind control for profitable transhumanism. Um, wow. so the main objective right. is to evolve the human race to interface with the um the deep states advancing information technologies that they call it utilizing 5G in the cloud and um the Silicon Valley's most pro- um promising it's called Promise P R O M I S. Like software for optimal and permanent control over civilization. This is all named in this article. I know it sounds super crazy. Um, no. But um, but basically, um, there you know it's it's the connection between the intelligence operations promoting uh, big pharma's drugs and vaccines, and um, connecting that to the transhumanism movement. So um so Epstein had given exorbitant, allegedly had given exorbitant amounts of money to the tune of uh nine million dollars. He had pledged 30 million, but he but uh, supposedly gave nine million to researchers, uh funded by um the Department of Defense, DARPA, and IARPA and NIH at Harvard University to the folks that have expertise in um, technology to genetically engineer and improve bacteria and viruses. And so one of Harvard's most prominent scientists received, uh, allegedly, $18 million from the Department of Defense and from the NIH. He was arrested and charged for operating a secret lab in Wuhan. And the researcher was given over $15 million to do so in secret by um, Chinese institutions. So um, meanwhile, um, the area where the new coronavirus emerged in Wuhan, um, it opened up a a biosafety level four lab, which is the only one in China, and um, where the researchers were actually studying and experimenting with, genetics of coronavirus over the past few years and um of uh, b- before the emergence of this like particular strain um i'm scrolling down this article just to get to some of the better parts so a few years ago um well no i won't i won't get into all that that's going to be like down the rabbit hole let me just move it more forward um up here so Long story short, I wanted to um, I wanted to kind of play this article is like super long, but uh, I wanted to kind of play um, just a piece of this. So I think, when was this? Um, this was recently, like maybe a, a week or two ago. I wanted to play it's about um, it's about almost 2 minutes long this clip but basically this is uh Bill Gates basically telling people that you don't have a choice cuz remember I uh pulled up that other article how Fauci was saying he wanted to introduce the um vaccine IDs yes to 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 have an ID to prove that they've been vaccinated and how him and Bill Gates are, you know, or the, all of them allegedly, supposedly are, you know, in, in on this. And how um, basically this clip just is him, uh, Bill Gates, basically talking about um, how he trying to scare us, basically, to say that it's going to be so bad and that us having this vaccine is going to help. So um, this is the clip right here. And what about that trade-off you just mentioned, obviously the economic pain. What do you think the right balance is between the trade-off of protecting people's lives and the economic hit? I mean, do you see a situation where the global economy could be virtually at a standstill for a year or even more?
4: Well, it won't go to zero, but it will shrink. Global GDP is going to take, uh, you know, probably the biggest hit ever. You know, maybe the depression was worse or 1873. I don't know. But in my lifetime, there this will be the greatest economic hit. But you don't have a choice. People act like you have a choice. People don't feel like going to the stadium uh, when they might get infected. You know, it, it's not the government who's saying, okay, just ignore this disease. And, you know, people are deeply affected by seeing these deaths, by knowing they could be part of the transmission chain and you know, old people, uh, their parents, their grandparents could be affected by this. And so you don't, you know, you don't get to say, uh, ignore uh, what's going on here. There are there will be the ability, particularly in rich countries, to open up if things are done well over the next few months. But for the world at large, normalcy only returns when we've largely vaccinated the entire global population. And and so, you know, although there's a lot of work on testing, a lot of work on drugs that we're involved with, you know, trying to achieve that ambitious goal, which has never been done for the vaccine,
3: that rises to the top of the list.
0: So um, y'all heard that. And uh, I just wanna say, do y- I sent y'all a thing. Do y'all know what the name of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was before it was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? I'm gonna give y'all Mm-mm. a hint. I'm gonna give y'all a hint. You can't find it on the internet because they scrubbed it, they scrubbed it from the internet. And I'm gonna try to find the clip where um, I'm gonna try to find the clip, but uh, they scrubbed the name from the internet. I'm wondering if y'all remember what the what the name is.
3: I don't know. Do you know Brittany?
0: You still there, Brittany? <laughs> Let me go
2: here.
0: I said, no, I don't. No? Okay. Um, The original name was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for Population Control. And then Sick. they changed that name. They dropped that part of the name, and now it's just the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And you know, because you talked about it a little bit last week, Brittany, I think, or you did, Deja, that um. They had already been all through Africa doing all types of testing over these past decades or whatever um, on people. And right now he's uh, working to patent this vaccine. And basically they want to take the vaccine and you heard it out his mouth. They want everyone in the world to be vaccinated so think of that that is that's his goal like you heard him say it right out his own mouth
2: yeah yeah i just think it's 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 funny that um uh, when people you hear people be like oh the illuminati and and there is no secret government there i'm sick and tired of these conspiracy theories i don't know why people have to like make things like super like uh fairy taleish. like to me a secret government or a government Um, a second, you know, a third hand government is people who are in position of power, who are one percenters who have influence. And it's not uncommon when you look through history, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, these people who create monopolies that aren't monopolies, you know, you know, Microsoft, you know, PC, um, you know, oil, you know, uh di uh distributed the way you distribute oil they find a way d t e you know find a way to monopolize without having a monopoly. They make all this money, and then once they make all their money, they turn to philanthropy um Bill Gates you know made a lot of money um once he got done um you know he stepped down from Microsoft um i think in two thousand and fourteen but you know, he did, has always been known for doing philanthropy with his wife. So it's just interesting to me that that's like the pattern of these people who I wouldn't say are devil worshipers or this, this huge um evil force, but they're people who make tons of money, who decide that um before they leave this earth they have to have some type of effect so that their legacy continues on and they look into something beyond um capitalism or the the surface looking uh surface looking capitalism so you have a guy who's a, com- a computer scientist who's a coder who um travels the world sees all these different things and it's just funny to me that he doesn't believe in natural healing as much as he believes in viruses. So anybody that travels the world to Africa goes to different parts of Asia and Europe and India and that are exposed to herbs and spices and the diverse, uh, diverse uh, thinking and people, I just don't see the, the connection and how you don't support something like now holistic healthcare um, versus supporting a virus. Um, so, you know, I do believe that these are the people that have influences over us beyond our government, um, just because, again, that's what history proves. Um, and the timing on, um, to your point, Piper, is, is the timing is no coincidence in what the connections you just made to Harvard and to there being a lab in Wuhan, um, in 2018, you know, I'm not a Trump supporter, but um, the Trump, um, the 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 Trump, the what 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 is the word I want to say? The um, not the committee, but the just to say Trump and who he has in place in an office. Um, they put together a task force specifically to find the connections between um, United States. Um, and, you know, people who are from the United States and people who do business with uh, uh, China, uh, specifically when it deals with science. And so they indicted over 10 people within two years. And the professor that you mentioned from Harvard was one of the people that they were able to indict because they saw that he was receiving, I think he received over three, I think you just stated the number, like over $3.7 million uh, to build this um, lab in in Wuhan, China. So again, like what we were discussing, I think the week prior, like, why are there all these coincidences? And again, with people like Bill Gates, who get into philanthropy, who stand for things like viruses. Um, and then what is the connection that Within the last two years, uh, this administration, the word I was looking for, are finding all these connections in between illegal activity and between American citizens and China. So I'm with you.
3: I don't know. Do you have thoughts, Deja? Deja, you there?
1: Yeah, I hit the wrong button. I was just listening to Brittany. Um not really anything outside of what she said. I honestly have the same sentiment
0: as always.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I, I told y'all I would bring you that we're all that research. There's like way more on here that I could read, but the whole show would have to be about this. And because uh, some of it goes into the history. Um But I will say that um, I'll post the article and then folks can do like some of this research themselves, but long story short, just know that it's people making like goo gobs of money right now off of all of this and they're packaging, you know, they're marketing it through fear and I'm in, in a, in a, the janky thing is, or the terrible thing is, if if, if all that isn't terrible enough, is that the fear is, is, a, is a reason to fear, right? Like, it's not like some false thing. Like, this thing is actually killing people. Like, we just talked mm-hmm. about how here in Detroit, so many people are dying, right? Yes. And so that's what makes it terrible and diabolical is that they're using this moment and using all of this and using their research, their money to profit off of death. Um, and it's so it's just diabolical, it's beyond what someone can even think of. But um people just need to really be careful, you know. Like we we have to like read more, we have to dissect what's being told to us more because uh-huh. Just like we, just like we just learned, like Georgia was the last state, I think, actually, to institute the stay-at-home order, and now they're going to be the first. Now they're the first state to open, and so when we're looking at, you know, the way things are happening, um, they are doing population control. You know, they're funding it. Um, it it is systemic. It is, you know, these oligarchs. It is, you know, and when people use a word like conspiracy theory, I think they just use those words to delegitimize the actual conspiracies. Like there are actual conspiracies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I I would say. And, you know, um, know that this thing is, you know, it's funded. You know, and so, it. you know, do you think that they couldn't give hospitals the money they need? They couldn't give hospitals the supplies they need. They couldn't. um, If people can get rare diamonds and rare oysters and get all these other wants, extravagant wants, you think they can't fund the hospital to have the PPE they need or they can't fund, you know, to make sure that all these these. um these hospitals have things they need or that they can't, you know, mitigate this in 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 a different way or that they can't take care of people who can't work right now or that we can't fix this system. Is you we just saw them uh give away our reparations to corporate okay. right? They could do anything they want. Agreed. Okay. So, um and 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 so also too, if we're looking at it, you know, from a global level, I mean it's all of these right wing fascists, you know, oligarchs that, you know, are all in this whole thing together. And at the same time, they're like those evil monsters. They're like eating each other, right? They're like cannibalizing themselves and eating each other. And they're very Darwinian you know, very, you know, I, me, my, you know, they're building these, they're the same ones that's building these bunkers. Um, and I just got another article today, um, from my comrade to just let me know how all they're tying all this into the militarization of our cities. And just like, um, you know, how you deploy, you know, like when, when, uh, when you see war and you deploy and they deploy the, um, the bombs over the, the city. And then that's met with, you know, like bags of rice or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, as if that's supposed to, you know, appease folks or help folks. I mean, this is, this is like, the sick world that we're in at this moment you know what I'm saying yes I will say fortunately um, folks at least right now um are seeing the truth I'm gonna use the word truth very loosely but I think <laughs> right now a lot of a lot of folks do see the truth so there I don't want to sound all doom and gloom if anybody's listening um there is a lot, a lot of potential. You know what I mean. Um, in this moment, while folks are, uh, what are folks going through? I don't know. Whatever folks vulnerability in
1: different ways.
0: Yeah, lots of vulnerability. So I mean, I, I hope I hope folks. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I hope folks do. You know, uh, create revolution. I hope folks do you know, vote. Revolution, for me, is just a change. Like, I hope I hope this does help people see how, you know, necessary it is for us to be involved in shaping policy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I hope yes. it does push people to vote. And I know, you know I, know, I know everything's not about voting, but I'm like, man, do people want another four years of this?
1: No, I saw a reporter ask, um, Trump, what did she say? I got to find the right quote, but it was basically like, do you think that a president who allowed more people to die from this disease than the people that died in Vietnam's war should get another re-election? He basically didn't say anything. Like the look on his face was priceless.
0: (laughs) Well, I wanted to also just bring up, there's another, there's another, if, if it, if it's not like one thing, it's a whole nother thing. Um, in addition to the 10,000 people in Detroit who currently do not have water, as we talked about on the other podcast, they're about to start doing mass electricity shutoffs mm. on top of that. So folks going to be in the dark with no access. And in addition to that, um, there's something that's called Operation Relentless Pursuit. ORP. And it's a new federal state and local task force initiative that's launched by the attorney general, um, William Barr to intensify law enforcement operations in seven major U.S. cities, including Detroit, Baltimore, Albuquerque, Memphis, Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Kansas City. Um, these are pilot projects that are going to provide $10 million in, um, and police. So I'm going to post this article too, but, um, basically, um, I mean, (laughs) this is, this is like more of the law and order. You know what I'm saying? That they're putting on people. Um, so this is going to increase surveillance, right? Um, they're 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 looking at the widespread installation of cameras in Detroit, which they've already done. Um, the use of uh, precision policing to target youth of color and immigrants. Mm. Um, not to mention surveillance and infiltration of people and organizations that resist uh, Trump's policies through protests. Wow. Um, they're gonna have a new criminal status that's gonna be deployed against the uh, resistance to killings, uh new anti-abortion laws, and um they're gonna gather information on the, the implementation of the program in the target cities um to coordinate strategies to resist. So uh, so they so it's also important to note that Wayne County, which Detroit sits in Wayne County is also one of the jurisdictions also targeted by a separate initiative that sends militarized border patrol and SWAT teams to detain immigrants because of so-called uh, sanctuary city policies. And so, yeah, that, um, you know, that's that. Um, so basically, while not directly part of the ORP initiative, an additional $600 million has been authorized in federal grants to enable police departments to acquire uh, surplus military equipment and um, thus continuing the militarization of local police. So I just want to share that with you, um, with everyone, because when we talk about you know who wins from this financially that also includes the uh the military industrial complex and i'm gonna put the prison industrial complex and the military industrial complex are like twins you know uh. and put them together um and so when we you know looking at the ways in which um the powers that so to speak are trying to reshape the world I think if we you know when we talk about we're the majority we talk about you know resisting I think we really need to we I'm just gonna implore (laughs) that people really exercise at this moment um, as much political will as they can muster from their bones to make sure that 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 we vote because this is like I said do people want this for another four years what does the world look like in four years if we're on this trajectory Worse, you know so anyway now I don't want to end on a terrible note um I should probably kick it to you Deja I hate to be the Debbie Downer all the time That's- it's okay. <laughs> people it's would never know real. that I'm such a fun loving person. <laughs>
1: they can definitely <laughs> tell. Even with your jokes on here, we know you're lighthearted, hearted, Piper.
0: Yeah. Yes. Like, man, I, I really don't mean to bring it down, but all that stuff we need folks to read up on, and we just need everyone to be super educated. And we won't, you know, I ho- I'm hoping that this information gives people power. And and doesn't make people feel hopeless and like giving up. Like I'm really, for me, more information makes me feel powerful. I have uh. a, friend, a friend who says that they don't watch the news anymore. They don't pay attention because it makes them feel powerless. Um, but I'm really want to send some courage to folks and some strength to folks that that we can, you know, fight this. We can resist this. I really, you know... Um, our ancestors prayed for us, you know. Our ancestors, you know, dreamed the best dreams for us to be here. And I feel we have all the tools we need. I think one tool is the the current system, and I do think that the system needs to be, you know, uh, done with. It's a terrible system that doesn't need to exist. I think though that we do have. A legal system and we do have a legislative system and I think you know the political system that we do have I think we need to put our power into it and we need to we have I don't feel that we've utilized it powerfully as a people and I feel that we need to just we need to go ahead and do that that's I'm gonna just put that out there we just need to go ahead and do that
3: and it's that's not- real.
0: Trusting is not about trusting the system, it's not about believing in the system. It's about it's like if I give you twenty dollars, you ain't gotta believe in twenty dollars. You know what I'm saying? To know what you could do with twenty dollars. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you have a tool, you know what I'm saying? Like use the tool. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's I'm gonna get off the soapbox. But um,
3: Come on, that's cool, fight. Yeah. That's real.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to just kick it over to you, um, Deja, because I know you're going to lift us up. Well,
1: well, is it time for the artist of the week?
0: Yeah, let's make it that time. All right, so I'm actually going
1: to dedicate it to Mike Huckabee,
3: who is a Detroit
1: techno legend that unfortunately passed away last Friday um <laughs> due to COVID complications so
3: mm-hmm. we
1: will give him a moment of silence and he's going to be our artist of the week this week he was a great um I don't even know where to begin um I don't know he's a DJ a producer an educator he taught kids all over the world how to use um, machine like even here in Detroit and Detroit to Berlin like he was just a really good artist and I really appreciate his contribution to music especially being that he was from Detroit and he's one of the pioneers of techno so I'm just very thankful for him because that that genre is everything from ghetto tech beats on a Saturday night to just all the the ways that it's influenced house music period so he's definitely my artist of the week and i would just like to put him on the platform and give him the roses that fortunately he didn't get while he was here
0: yeah oh man let's give it for mike huckabee greatness greatness yeah. greatness stacy Hotwax does a show a weekly show called um deep space radio and she did a tribute on, you know, um Um. she does it at different days different times but she did a live on Saturday at five and I think she's been doing that weekly um and she did a a tribute to him and it was really beautiful you know he
1: has so many good tracks it's gonna be a, a real task trying to find just two that I like man
0: yeah. I mean, he's from a generation of greatness, you know. Morris. Um, that's the that's like one of the greatest I mean, uh-huh. all of Detroit is amazing, but that generation right there is one of the greatest generations of Detroit. That's the sure. you know, the the, the Coleman Young youth, you know what I mean, that uh-huh. um grew up to do great things and then shared with others um wow and it's like man this thing is taking so many people man it's like too much you know it's like so much um, yeah,
3: very beast. Beast.
0: yeah but yeah um i think that when we look at our techno legends they're so revered you know in Europe and you know Japan and all over the world and in Detroit people don't even know who they are Mm -hmm. you know they can just go to uh, the grocery store you know or just be out anywhere Bell Isle or whatever and no one even knows right like no (laughs) that's (laughs) That's what's
1: crazy to me there have been so many times where I've been out and like I've seen Amp in the cut or I've seen like Brandon Williams in the cut and they're just they're enjoying the moment not trying to be legendary not trying to Mm. get attention or fame just enjoying the scene
3: right that's so cool yeah
0: yeah I mean when we look at you know the 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 vastness of techno as a culture, as a genre. um there is a film that these uh, young women made that does talk about the origin of techno being black and being black Detroit. And when we look at techno now, you know people think that techno is like this white music that's from Germany. uh but all of those folks look to, um, like, a Mike Huckabee for, you know, a, 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 as, like, the way that, you know, folks would look at, like, an icon, you know, because he he was an icon. And I think mm-hmm. when you talk about um, the way that Detroit built people to be multifaceted, to be you know, to know technology inside and out, to know how to, you know, master and maneuver um, equipment, you know, to make it your own, like all these different technology companies would come here and consult with these guys to make, you know, like all this new, like drum programming equipment and things. Right. Um, and it's just like you said, Deja, you know, we we have so many just amazing, amazing minds and geniuses that just come from Detroit, you know, especially in music and music techno and music technology. hmm. And the legacy, you know, that, that he's leaving behind is is a wonderful, great, beautiful, amazing legacy of innovation of um you know cultivating and building a community and a following and you know giving giving um something to people that they could you know that that inspires them you know what i mean like that's amazing to be able to create something in that way that just replicates you know what I mean? Itself in a way, the energy replicates itself to where, you know, everyone, everyone can dance, have a good time, can be inspired. Like, who knows what was created from the people who listened to, you know, to list, that listen to him or that mm-hmm. went to see him spin or that or that he talked to or mentored or. Inspired, and I saw. I don't know if you saw, you probably did. I saw so many tributes to him online. Just
1: yeah, I saw Damn Funk and um, uh, Disclosure. A few not and like those are like broader, um, more like world known artists, but it just speaks to how great he was. And he stayed here in Detroit too. Like, that's great,
0: yeah. I'm just like, wow, that's super cool
3: that he stayed
0: -hmm. here yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so let's give him you know an ashe ashe
3: for sure Mm -hmm. ashe thank you
0: thank you that's a great one deja that's a
2: great one. yes i have a hard time i just learned i just learned so so much um that was really good Deja.
1: thanks yeah at first when i had to think about who it was gonna be i couldn't think of anyone and then
0: came to mind like that. Why not? That's, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And also too, I think, you know, he's a he's a Detroit legend. You mm-hmm. know? And um I think that's a great way to end this show, you know, with the a, le- a legendary figure like that. So thank you for that, Deja. Of course. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you.
0: Well this was our second episode on Zoom. I think it'll be it'll be getting easier. Um I don't know when we'll be back in the studio. So we we'll yeah. have to just buy <laughs> I might have to buy y'all some or something to to send to y'all. And um shouts out to Kari. Shout out, Kari. shout out Kari. Yeah, Detroit is different. So yeah, you've been listening to the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different with your co host Brittany, March, and Deja. Um, it, give us your social media, Deja. My
1: Instagram is C-A-T-O-R-I-I-T.
0: And Brittany, you know, I found your Twitter, but... I, I can't th- believe it <laughs> It's like,
2: I haven't tweeted since
0: 2012. Oh, I thought it... I,
2: thought I can't... <gasps>
0: I yeah.
2: Twitter doesn't let you delete. But that was hilarious, Piper. But you did a great job putting in our YouTube thing together. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, you guys got to go check that out. Yeah, the last episode. So we'll check that out. And then now um, I just learned. So you can listen to... So Piper Carter Podcast is available to you through Detroitisdifferent.net, as well as all the other podcasts that are on Detroitisdifferent. But you could also listen to us um on all your streaming platforms, including... Um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, um, Spotify, and also iHeartRadio, which is um, a good one. I'm going to start sending people to. And now we're even on YouTube. We uploaded our first YouTube episode. So check us out on YouTube. Um, I put it up on my YouTube for now, Piper Carter for the peoples with the number four in the middle. Um, I put it up there on on, on now just because I can do it quicker. Um, but we'll see if we'll keep it there, or if we'll move it around or whatever. But yeah, for now, you can check us out there if YouTube's a little bit more accessible. And like I said, go to DetroitIsDifferent.net or um, you can go on social media. Um, for the Detroit Is Different, you want to go to the Facebook, Detroit Is Different. Uh, also on Twitter, Detroit Is Different, interestingly enough on Instagram is Kari Way Frazier, K-H-A-R-Y-W-A-E-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And um, if you want to check out the Piper Carter podcast, we have a Facebook group that you can join and let us know about the topics and things that you want to talk about or what you think about different episodes. And also on Instagram, we're pc.podcast on Instagram. And if you want to send us a note, you can send it to Brittany at detroitisdifferent.com or you can send it to Piper at detroitisdifferent.com so we'll really, we will really really appreciate everyone that's been listening we really appreciate the people who have subscribed to the channel um who reach out to us on and follow us on and like and share on social media and um we'll see you guys next week peace
2: peace Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.